0: Today, I'm excited to announce that we will actually be concluding our series on the book of Daniel. And we're going to be concluding our series on Daniel with one of the most famous and recognized accounts in the Bible. People, whether Christian or not, or church or non-church people, oftentimes have at least a sense about this important scripture that we're going to read today we're going to read it today and we're actually going to go deeper with it today and we're starting in daniel chapter 6 beginning at verse 16. so i want to invite you to open up your bibles or right on the screen you'll be able to see the passage follow along as well and uh, we're going to read from daniel chapter 6 beginning at verse 16 and i'm going to read the passage for us in english but please read the read the passage in your heart language in in in, uh, spanish or english or whatever that may be today for you but i'll be reading for us um, this morning in english daniel chapter 6 beginning at verse 16. let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of god daniel chapter 6 verse 16. so the king gave the order And they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed." Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, has your God been able to rescue you from the lion's den? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I, have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And then after that, those that falsely accused Daniel were devoured by the lions Moving on to verse 25 and verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you and we give you praise for your ancient stories that have current relevance in so many ways, God. You delivered your servant Daniel and we pray that that same power of delivery would deliver us today as a people, as a nation, as a church, as individuals, Lord. And God, we just pray that this morning you would meet us here in this space whatever brokenness whatever bruisedness whatever challenges whatever questions doubts whatever joys whatever sorrows we're coming in with this morning we place them before you and before your throne god would your holy spirit be the one to do the work soften hearts open minds speak to us lord god Speak to us in a way that is clear, in a way that is direct, in a way that is fresh. We thank you for your precious word, Lord, and we gather around your precious word to edify and transform us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The story of Daniel and the lion's den is a story where, that some of us have perhaps heard before. It's different than in Daniel chapter 3 where we saw that Daniel's friends and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were persecuted and they were sentenced to death, but then they were delivered by God from the fiery furnace. Now this time, it is Daniel that is being persecuted because Daniel refuses to pray to and to worship the king as a god. Daniel will only bow down and only have his full allegiance to the lord god daniel refuses to bow down to the patterns of this world daniel refuses to bow down to the systems to the princi- to the principalities to the individual and the systemic patterns of this world that are used to destroy and used to oppress daniel is sentenced to death and he's thrown into the lion's den. But God, but God delivers Daniel. King Darius, after seeing the deliverance of Daniel, he bows down and he praises God. Daniel witnesses to the glory of God. He witnesses through his boldness. He witnesses by his refusal to conform to the patterns of this world. Daniel in the lion's den is more than just a children's story or something maybe you heard in Sunday school when you were young or you saw a cartoon about. But Daniel in the lion's den is a story of deliverance. And we all need deliverance each one of us each one of our hearts but we all need deliverance as a community as a country as a world and that's what we read about here in this ancient story of Daniel in the lion's den it is a story of deliverance and let's be clear about this deliverance is not escapism Daniel didn't just float out or fly away into some kind of escapism, but he was delivered by the mighty hand of God. Deliverance is not escapism. He didn't just fly away from the challenges before him. Daniel didn't just pretend like those challenges weren't true, but Daniel faced up to the horror of the lions and the roars of the lions right in front of his face. And he was able to overcome them because he trusted God as he faced the lions. According to the author James Baldwin, we see what Daniel does here. He faces up to the challenges. I love this quote from the author James Baldwin who reminds us that not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And friends, brothers, sisters, family, right now, we are all experiencing a cultural moment in history. In a time and a place such as this monumental cultural moment that we're going to remember for years and years, this moment that we're all experiencing, a moment which demonstrates our interconnectedness and our interdependence as a people. In fact, right now, there are three once-in-a-lifetime generation challenges all happening at the exact same time in the same year. There's a pandemic around the world that we still don't know what the end inside is for. There's economic downturn that has not been seen in many, many decades. And we are also face to face with racial injustice. Three lions roaring right at us. Can we take the example of Daniel here? who in the midst of the lions roaring right at him, he stood bold. He stood bold in the midst of the lion's roar. And together, as God's people, we shall stand bold and overcome the roars of injustice. God's justice and God's mercy is greater than the roars that may come. They may be scary. They may be intimidating. But God's justice and God's mercy is greater than the roars. The roars are loud, but they do not have the power to define or destroy you. Just like Daniel, we name that the lion is there. We don't pretend like it's not but we as God's people, we do not claim ourselves captive to it because we know that we have a deliverer. By God's grace, we have a savior and a deliverer. You know, I, like all of you probably this week, I've been really taking this time to discern, to reflect, to learn, to listen and i find some wisdom and direction in the following words that uh i've i've heard and picked up over this past week one of those words is from a a pastor and mentor from far away he's out in texas this is pastor matt chandler who says this if not now when pray and fast lament and act We have our marching orders here. Pray and fast, lament and act. And then these words that were very striking to me this week, the words that say, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. There comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe nor popular, but one must take it because conscience and conviction has made clear that it is right. Those are the words of Martin Luther King Jr., or as he was appropriately titled, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Pastor, brother Martin Luther King Jr., a servant of God, who saw a clear picture of God's mercy and God's justice and to live into that. One of my personal heroes. I had the opportunity last year, and it was life-changing. Last year, I had the opportunity to spend some time in Montgomery, Alabama, where Dr. Martin Luther King was a preacher. And I got to go to the church where he ministered, and I got to stand at the pulpit where Dr. King preached, and it was truly inspiring and life-changing. I actually would encourage all Americans, all people in this country to actually take an opportunity to experience that. Take a pilgrimage to the American South, to Alabama and Mississippi, and you'll hear stories of deliverance, stories of the lion's den, stories of just God at work throughout the history of this country. And I'm so grateful for that experience. But I believe just as Dr. King did then, and we're all in this moment now, now is the time. Words that are coupled with action have the power to create new realities. Now is the time to face the lion of racism and bigotry in our society. As a church community we are imago we are created in the image of god that means we're a gospel-centered multicultural community where hope is 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 experienced through restored relationships that means as a church community we not only tolerate each other but we actually each embrace our own god-given culture and at the same time celebrate the God-given culture and uniqueness of our sisters and brothers in Christ. As a multicultural community gathered around Jesus, again, that means not just that we're tolerant or just kind of nice to each other, but it means that we seek God's justice, God's shalom, and that we're not just non-racist, but we're an anti-racist community. We call it out and we name it as the evil that it is. We see the image of God in each other. And we're not ashamed to say that we do believe that racism and following Jesus, that doesn't mix. Racism and bigotry is actually antithetical to following Jesus. It goes against the heart of God. It goes against the gospel, and that is non-negotiable. No excuses, no justification, no spin. The reality is that, thats simple and that profound. Racism, both individual and systemic, direct and indirect complacency from positions of power and individual just joking microaggressions or passive aggressiveness all of those are all evil in the sight of god and here's the truth before we start listening to all the voices that we've been hearing here when i look at a situation like this I don't deem it as a political or a partisan kind of matter, but it is without a a doubt. It is a matter that is close to the heart of God. It is an imago matter. It is an imago dei matter. We're created in his image. We're created for his purpose. And as a church community, we are unashamed to view life as sacred. We view life as sacred from birth all the way through life as well. And we believe fully that people are created in the image of God. People of African, European, Latin American, and Asian descent, and everyone in between, we are all created in the image of God. And we each have a God-given dignity that is worth protecting, that is worth honoring in one another. So before we just get into all kinds of conversations and maybe for some even debates, why don't we just pause and do a little heart check and see what the word of God asks us to do when engaging these important matters? Romans 12:15 reminds us of this. Romans 12:15 says, "Grieve with those who grieve, rejoice with those who rejoice." Or rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I love how another translation actually says, learn to weep with those who weep. And the truth is, we have brothers and sisters that are mourning, that are weeping. And we have a call here very clearly in Scripture to to rejoice with them when they rejoice and to weep. And to mourn when they mourn. And here's the truth. When we engage in these important matters, the enemy is going to try to attack and distract and destroy. And there's going to be two idols that are going to come up as a disruption here. And we've talked about at Imago Church what idolatry is. Idolatry is that which we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on it. That's idolatry. And there's going to be two kinds of idolatry here that are really two sides of the same coin. The first idolatry, when engaging into these important matters close to the heart of God, the first idolatry is going to be what I call whataboutism, when in, in talking about these important matters and uh, really grieving with those who grieve, there's going to be a temptation to just point out what about ism. What about this? What about that? What about this and that? No, that's all a distraction from the matter closest to God's heart that we're created in His image and created with that God given dignity. So that's one idol. And then the other idol that's going to want to distract and separate and, and, uh, and cause chaos here is going to be the idol of meaningless chaotic destruction. We've seen a lot of that over the past week. A lot of both of these idols really just rearing their ugly heads. The idol of whataboutism and the idol of meaningless chaotic destruction. Both of those are really just two sides of the same idolatrous coin, both trying to demean the problem, both trying to actually steer away from the, the, the purpose and the solution. Both are trying to really just steer away from the matter at hand. I love how even this week we heard from Mr. Floyd's family who actually paused and Reminded and told all of us, remember, we are a God-fearing family. Let's do this another way. Let's do this another way. We don't have to give in to just those idols of what the Bible calls the idols of the prince of the air, of the principalities of this world, trying to divide, trying to destroy, trying to distract. So let's just do a quick heart check right now. Because, who knows, maybe our minds are going all over the place here. But the Bible invites us to take a couple of heart checks in different ways. I love it in in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It reminds us of this. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Don't let those idols of whataboutism, or of chaotic destruction, try to take that place that God wants to invite you into. And then there's Philippians chapter four, verse eight, that can continue to help us with this heart and mind check as we approach these important topics to the heart of God. It tells us this, Philippians four, verse eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, of whataboutism or to the idol of hate and destruction and resentment. Both of those idols will just consume and take over your mind. But instead, may we do, as the word of God calls us here, to keep our minds on Christ. Keep our minds on Jesus Christ the solution, the power, the promise, and the presence of God who will deliver. May we keep our minds on him. He will be our strength. He will be our shield. He will be our deliverer. Moving on here in verse 18, it says this, Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep at the first light of dawn. The king got up and hurried to the lion's den. King Darius was terrified and he was even ashamed. And he, re- he was repentant for what he had done to his friend, Daniel, even directly and, un- and, un- and non-directly, indirectly. The king had wronged Daniel. And yet King Darius in his comfort, in his security, while his friend was down in the lion's den. He couldn't see his suffering. You know, it reminds me of the attitude that I had for many years, which was just this kind of passive attitude that said, oh, well, I really don't see or hear the challenges of my brothers and sisters in Christ, around the country, and around the world especially those that have faced racial injustice or bigotry. Well, and if that's you, well, then maybe you were like me and maybe we're like King Darius here. Maybe we need to wake up like King Darius had to and get down from the comfortable palace court and realize that we have friends, we have brothers and sisters who have been wronged and they are in the lion's den. Daniel was delivered from the lion's den king darius was delivered from his deliberate disregard of daniel's situation they both experienced deliverance and it was only then that they could both be free when they both experienced deliverance Daniel was delivered from the lion's den, and Darius was delivered from the bondage of self-centeredness, the bondage of pride, and the bondage of blindness to the situations of his friend. May the Lord deliver us in the same way. The passage continues here in verse 23. Chapter 6, verse 23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out from the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions." Wow. Through deliverance, God was glorified. Without deliverance for all of God's people, especially those that have experienced direct and systemic injustice, without deliverance, there will be a hole in our gospel. There will be a hole in our message and without seeking deliverance for the needs of our sisters and brothers in Christ that are mourning or that are grieving, we will not be giving proper witness and and proper witness and proper glory to God without seeking deliverance. Because here's the truth that we learn from even King Darius here. When we avoid deliverance or when we just conveniently ignore the need for, de- for deliverance, especially for those that have experienced the lion's den of injustice, we're going to get in the way. We're going to block or stand in the way of the glory of God. Just like we see what happened with Darius here. It was only after deliverance that he could shine the glory of God. Because when we seek God's deliverance, God's deliverance also brings a full picture of the gospel. A full picture that gives God all the glory. It's a story of a king, our Lord and Savior, our King Jesus Christ, who came down from his heavenly courts and went into the pits and the horrors of the lion's den. He entered in to save us and to deliver us. He didn't just stay in his heavenly court in heaven and kind of zap us with some cheap kind of religious escapism but he came to invite us into a gospel-centered reality based on deliverance and new creation. Deliverance for those who have wronged and deliverance for those who have been wronged. By the power of our deliverer, God, our deliverer, by his power, we can sing the words of one of my favorite gospel singers, Kirk Franklin and his choir God's Property who sing the song so boldly in thinking about this passage and say if you've been delivered then stand up on your feet and praise the Lord and together We can sing and proclaim and live the words of Daniel chapter 6, verse 27, that say this for all that have been delivered, He our God, He rescues and He saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Wow. I love how this passage that had such dark and intense and scary moments, it ends with singing. And that's one thing that we do every single week as a church community here at Imago Church. We sing together as a community. Yes, even though there is suffering, even though there is challenge, even though there is the roars of the lions around us, we still sing Still, there are songs to lift up. When one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice together. That is part of what we're called to do to sing. Even though there is suffering, we sing. And in fact, this example of singing in the midst of trial, in the midst of challenge, that's a part of the legacy and the precious contribution of African-American church history and culture here in our country. In fact, worship and the power to worship and praise in every single season, that's just been a wonderful contribution that we're grateful for. The story of Daniel, which we're concluding today is a story that has actually played a major role in African-American and black gospel music, which, by the way, gospel music is the root of all worship and contemporary American and popular music, by the way. I mean, I'm just saying, give credit where credit is due. It's a, it's a story that's meant so much to gospel music, to African-American and black gospel music, Daniel represented so much for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Daniel represented that God shall deliver his people from the injustice of the lion's den. And in fact, one of the most famous African-American spirituals is entitled, Didn't My Lord Deliver Daniel? Then why not every man, every woman, every child Why not everyone? Check out this quick rendition on this beautiful song sung by a choir, Didn't My Lord Deliver Daniel? Then we'll come back together and we'll close out in prayer. And action.
1: Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? from the belly of the whale, and the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace, and why not And the ship, it began to sail. You handed me over on Cane and
0: Yes, God, didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Then why not every man? Why not every woman? Why not every child and every person? Didn't our Lord deliver Daniel? Then why not every church and why not every nation? Deliver us, God. Deliver us from pride, deliver us from injustice, whether direct or indirect, lead us to you, God. Transform us, Lord, from the inside out. Lord, would you just help us to confess, to repent where need to be, Lord, and to draw near to you, knowing that you are good, you are gracious, and that you are in the business of resurrecting and of restoring. Even that which seems completely chaotic, you can make something new. You can make something beautiful. So that's what we ask of this moment, oh God. Do something new. Do something beautiful, Lord. And Lord, we're just so grateful that we get to pray and walk alongside and see and hear the laments and the griefs of our brothers and sisters in christ of our black and african-american sisters and brothers in the church in the nation and worldwide lord we celebrate and embrace fully lord their lives their 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 love their their culture lord and we uphold that dignity lord of of people created in the image of god and it's something that applies to all and something that we will honor in all people lord god we we thank you for even those in our church that we we get to just learn from and build build up lord god and be built up by thank you for the wonderful diaspora that is at Imago Church, Lord, and that we all get to be Imago together. Especially in light of this challenging time we find ourselves in, Lord, that we've found ourselves in over the past couple of weeks. We we look to you, Lord, and we thank you that we're united in you. We're united by a God who delivers, by a God of justice by a god of mercy by a god who calls us his people to be ministers of reconciliation lord as you call us in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 lord these are all matters close to your heart God, and we are here lord to do your will help us to reflect and to represent you and to be persons of peace lord to be people, God, that are sanctified, set apart for your purposes, that point to your glory, God. And Lord, I'm just so glad that we get to do life together. And that even at Imago, we can live into this new reality, Lord, of new creation, united in you. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. You are our God, and we are your people. We are your children. Transform us and form us for your purposes, Lord. It's in the faithful name of Jesus that we pray.
1: Amen.